Previously on Blackout Dates. Does the name Bob Butterman ring a bell to you? He worked with Jake at MoviePass. Bob was in a lot of trouble back in 2017. Something was going on with his finances. His savings were being drained really quickly. He needs to get out of town. Start a new life somewhere with his family where he'll be safe. Witness protection. All right, we are walking up the driveway at Bob's house in Wyoming. Oh, fuck! I'm behind the log pile. Sacre bleu! Who is there? Come one step closer and you'll be eating left for déjeuner. Uh, Zach, do something! Come on, you know how I get with stressful interviews. This isn't an interview, it's an ambush! Okay, okay, um, uh, uh, listen up, you French prick. Uh, no, no, get, get back down. Bob! Jean-Michel! We just want to talk, we're unarmed! You are with Ilios and Masterson, no? You've come for the last of my money? Ruining my life is not enough for you bastards! We want to help! We know what they did to you! Wait, did you just say Helios and Matheson? Please, we're successful podcasters working for Malcolm Gladwell's podcast company, Pushkin Industries, who just want to uncover the real story behind the rise and fall of beloved subscription service, MoviePass. Ugh, do not say that name to me. Oh shit, oh, oh fuck, oh god. Uh, equal rights, equal rights. <laughs> you know the shibboleth? You have spoken with Josephine? You are associates of the Melissa Sodak? Yes! Yes! She gave us the shibboleth! She trusts us! And if you put down the shotgun, we'd love to interview you for the pod. We think you'd be really helpful in our investigation. Oh, and um, by the way, we know you're not actually French, so feel free to drop that accent. Oh, uh, okay, great. Here's the kitchen. Living room's over there. You guys can have a seat. You like Cell Artois? Oh, yeah. Would you mind heating mine up a little bit? As we looked around Bob's house, deep in the wilds of Wyoming, I was struck by how normal it seemed. Between the framed photographs of the Eiffel Tower on the wall and the bowl of fresh baguettes on the counter, it just looked like your average middle American household of French immigrants. But there was a sadness in the walls, imbued in the floorboards. This was a man who knew loss, who knew fear. My kids are in the back with my wife. They have this game where she ties a tarp to the back of the John Deere and drags them around on it. It's like Disney World to them. That sounds like a blast. It keeps them occupied. There's not a whole lot to do with them out here, if I'm being honest. It's not New York, that's for sure. So when exactly did you end up moving? Late 2017. I held off as long as I could, you know, for, for the kids. But in the end, the only way forward was to escape. You're in financial trouble? Yeah, down to the very bottom of my savings. It was either hang on in New York for another month until the last drop was drained away or take the plunge and spend it on a new identity. So I did. How was AMC getting all that money from you? Was it blackmail? AMC? Yeah, American Multicinemas. That's who took all your money, right? You'd think the world's largest cinema operator wouldn't need to leech off the employees of their competitors. <laughs> no, 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 mon frere. The company that robbed me blind, that ruined my life was Helios and Matheson. Wait, 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 what? Why would MoviePass's parent company steal money from their own employees? Let me start from the beginning. You were a MoviePass user, I assume. Yes, we both were. It was the best time of our lives. Right. And did anything about the service ever seem weird to you? Maybe too good to be true? Well, sure, but 
That was kind of their whole thing. $9.95 a month for a movie ticket a day. It seemed crazy, but we weren't going to look a gift horse in the mouth. You never stopped to think about where the money was coming from, did you? Well, sure, but I, I don't know. Investors? <laughs> Investors? The second Mitch dropped the price, investors bolted. Sure, he said he was working on ways to recoup the massive financial losses, but nothing ever materialized. He had millions of users and no way to appease them. No money in the coffers, no clothes on the emperor. You're not saying he used your money to buy those movie tickets for all the subscribers? Not just my money. It started innocently enough. Some of us MoviePass employees would voluntarily forego a few paychecks with the assurance that we'd be paid retroactively, later. Pretty standard startup stuff. We believed in the mission, and we all wanted what was best for the company, so we agreed. But the money never came. That's tough luck, but isn't that a risk you were taking? Then things started to get bad. We started hearing the higher-ups talking about something called the AMC list. So we started digging around, and eventually found out that within MoviePass, AMC stood for Adjusted Movie Pass Compensation. It was a list of employees who had signed up for direct deposit. But instead of depositing wages into their bank accounts every couple weeks, Helios and Matheson would withdraw money, steal it from their employees, and put it towards keeping MoviePass's service alive. That's their secret. Simple as that. All those times you bought a movie ticket just to kill 45 minutes because your friend was late meeting you for dinner, or because you were walking by a theater and had to take a piss. Every Marvel movie or art house pick or Fast and Furious sequel or animated monstrosity with James Corden voicing an elf, those tickets were all coming right out of my children's mouths. Oh my God. Mitch Lowe drained the bank accounts of dozens of employees, ruined them financially, and we let it happen. We were all brainwashed, tricked into believing we were serving some kind of higher ideal of saving the movie-going experience, like it was some kind of god we were worshiping, day after day, dollar after dollar, until it was too late. I watched one buddy of mine lose all sense of self, become completely subsumed with the cause of saving movie pass. He would have done anything for them. He's probably still out there now, going door to door from theater to theater trying to get them to sign back up. Was that Jake Sodak? Yeah. We were pretty fraternal back in the day. But man, he wound up as Mitch Lowe's lackey, doing whatever he said, repeating his propaganda about how the reckoning was coming and American Animals was going to win Best Picture. He wasn't there for me when I needed him most, you know? When my money was running low, and that was the worst part. When it was time to split, I left the shibboleth with his wife, Melissa, hoping he'd put two and two together and reach out. Come find me here in Wyoming as a friend and instead of as a movie pass employee. But I guess he was too blinded by the cause. This episode of Blackout Dates is presented by Bjornkorn. Bjornkorn harnesses the power of the sun to pop their homegrown non-GMO popcorn and seasons it with an all-natural, gluten-free, and vegan ingredients. The corn comes in several different flavors, including classic, spicy, and salty, which is my personal favorite. Hit the link down in the episode description to pick up your first box and enter the code BLACKOUT10 at checkout to save 10% on your order. That's offer code BLACKOUT10. This episode of Blackout Dates is brought to you by Rootless Coffee Company. You can support the podcast by buying a bag of our special Blackout Roast Dark Roast Blend from the link in the description and use promo code BLACKOUT for 15% off any of their other awesome products. Again, that's promo code BLACKOUT.
As we sat in Bob's living room, listening to him spill secrets no one outside MoviePass had ever heard, we felt like our search was finally hitting pay dirt. AMC wasn't just their on-again, off-again business partner, it was also their name for a kind of internal money laundering scheme based on the exploitation of brainwashed MoviePass employees. We wondered what other kinds of secrets were hidden in the Wyoming wilderness. Bob went on to tell us about the MoviePass strike of July 27, 2018. Remember how the app's first blackout was during the opening weekend of Mission Impossible Fallout? According to Bob, it wasn't just because too many subscribers wanted to go see the movie. The real cause of the blackout was a strike by many of the employees on the AMC list, who all closed their tainted bank accounts at once. With no funds to withdraw from their employees, Helios and Matheson made the decision to crash their own app and make it look like a technical failure before begging for a $5 million emergency loan to keep subscribers from bailing. Bob didn't know what happened to the employees who went on strike, but if all those unanswered phone calls I made were any indication, well, we couldn't help but fear the worst. We could tell Bob didn't know that Jake had disappeared either, and we were not looking forward to breaking the news. But this man who had experienced so much heartbreak at the hands of MoviePass absorbed the news with a simple, mon dieu. Do you think there's a chance Jake escaped like you did? Maybe he's living in Idaho or something now. I don't think that's likely. Jake was a company man through and through. He didn't participate in the strike, you know? Come to think of it, I don't even think he had direct deposit. You didn't see him on the AMC list, did you? He believed in the cause. He was always rhapsodizing about the true movie-going experience. The smell of popcorn, the nachos that are just chips, no cheese, all that. How it was up to us to save it against the rise of stay-at-home streaming services like Netflix and IMDb.tv. Now, if Jake is still alive, he's still spreading the good word of MoviePass. That much I know. Do you have any inkling of where he could have gone? Not exactly. But Helios and Matheson has secrets, you know? Stuff I only heard whispers about. Backroom deals, unorthodox team bonding activities, secret meetings in the dead of night. I heard a rumor of a corporate retreat in the Poconos. 50 people went, but only 49 returned. The AMC list is barely scratching the surface of what these guys are hiding. Believe you me. Oh, man. Sounds like some digging into the sordid history of Helios and Matheson might be in our future. The scary thing is, I'm not even sure they're the true villains of this story. What do you mean? Think about it. The whole fucked up ecosystem that kept MoviePass alive couldn't have existed without you. Me? You and the three million other subscribers. You all wanted a good deal bad enough that you were willing to turn a blind eye to injustice. You knew someone was getting ripped off, had to have been getting ripped off, and you kept buying movie tickets anyway. Someone, somewhere was paying for it. Someone always is. Now, you're getting to see his face. Ursula K. Le Guin's 1973 short story, The Ones Who Walk Away from Omelas, describes a fictional, utopian society full of bliss. There's no war, no class conflict. The citizens are completely content and have everything they could wish for. Sounds great, right? But here's the twist. In order to keep the city in its state of bliss, a single child must be kept in misery and darkness, filthy and hungry. Though the oppressed child is kept out of sight of the other citizens, they know of its existence, and they accept the situation, knowing that it's the only way to ensure the city's continued bliss. 
After hearing Bob's story, we began to wonder if MoviePass was like Omelas as well. Maybe the company was just like Apple or Amazon, a deal that's too good to pass up only made possible by injustices we choose to ignore. Was this at least part of the horrible truth? Is it really true what they say, that nothing in life is ever really $9.95 a month? I think you guys should take this. This is the official H&M badge I received when I joined the MoviePass team. Yeah, Melissa showed us Jake's old one. He always said it would protect whoever had it. Something called a solarity, something like that. Funny, Melissa mentioned the same thing about protection. A lot of good that did me. Maybe you'll find it more useful than I did. Thanks, Bob. I do hope you get to the bottom of this, not just for Jake, but for Melissa and for all the people on that list and everyone who bought a movie ticket without realizing the consequences of their actions. They need to know the truth. We'll do our best. And thank you for all the information you've given us. This has been the most productive visit anyone's had to Wyoming since Kanye West made Yay. Come on, don't tell me you actually like that album. It had its moments. Ghost Town is pretty great. Kids, come say hello to our guests. Careful, don't get mud on the couch. This is Pierre and Brigitte. And that radiant creature walking in now is Maud. Guten Tag. Buenos dias. You know, I know MoviePass took a lot from you. But what you've got here, it doesn't seem so bad. We've made the best of it. It's funny, Pierre barely remembers living in New York or that he used to be named Peter. Brigitte was less than a year old when we left. Their lives are here, and Maud's, and mine too. In a way, MoviePass seems like a distant memory, almost like it happened to someone else. Here, I'm able to wake up and put in an honest day's work teaching film studies at the local French-American school. I come home to my wife and kids every night, go birding on the weekends. It's a simple life, but if I'm being straight with you, it's freeing. Well, I'm, I'm glad you got out. Me too. Bob? Yeah? Could we get a ride on the tarp before we go? You boys ready? Ready. Hold on to me, Zach. This looks like it could get bumpy. No, fuck the mic! As we rode off into the Wyoming sunset atop a muddy tarp, fedoras blowing in the wind, I couldn't help but think that we were getting close, close to some answers, some explanation, something tangible to tell Melissa and the rest of the people disenfranchised by a company too big for its bridges. Bob was kind enough to allow us to stay with him for the night before our flight back to New York the following morning. His kids only spoke French, but they showed us a kindness that feels alien when all you're used to is the hustle and bustle of New York City. Bob gave us a tour of his office where we would be staying. He gave us a detailed rundown of his very impressive collection of Funko Pop dolls while his wife Maud cooked a delicious dinner. We were able to put aside the case that had occupied every waking hour over the last few months and take a moment to truly unwind and relax with our new friends. But as with most things in hard-hitting podcast journalism, R&R never lasts too long. Uh, It's 7.27 a.m. on September 17th. Uh, They're gone. Bob, his family, everyone is gone. Everything is gone. Maud! Pierre! Vous êtes tous les gars! I don't know how we slept through this. Uh, The entire house was cleared out around us. The baguettes, the Funko Pops, everything but our backpacks and sleeping bags. It's it's all gone. Look, I found this. It's a note from Bob. 
If you could find me, they can too. Blackout Dates is created by Zach Gelfand and Spencer Rothrose. It is produced by Ryan Cox and Andrew Perlman in association with Erudite Productions. Sound design by Zach Gelfand. Theme music by Alex Hahn. Additional music by Kevin McLeod. Artwork by Madeline Godin. Publicity by Big Picture Media. Additional voices by Drew Zwetschkenbaum. I've been told that this hits all the bases. Blackout Dates is a work of fiction. All characters and events in this show, even those based on real people, are entirely fictional and products of the writer's imaginations. Yeah, end of the yap and throw it in the description, I think.